You're listening to Wild and Well, a podcast where we talk to people who use data and insights to navigate the health and wellness industry. I'm your host, Kate Wilson. Definitely witnessing people seeing color for the first time. She tried on a pair of Binchroma glasses. There were just tears streaming down her face and she was silent. And she was like, I had no idea that I was colorblind. And she was experiencing color for the first time at that shoot. It's so beautiful. This is Abby Frenis. Abby is a videographer, photographer, and graphic designer at Enchroma. Enchroma is the maker of cutting-edge lens technology and eyewear for colorblindness. Abby grew up singing and performing, so she decided to move to Nashville to try to make it big in the music industry. So I grew up playing music. In 2013, I moved out to Nashville where I was going to make it as an artist. And I was so excited. My plug to be able to work in the industry and connect with other artists was sort of bartering. And so I started kind of networking by connecting with other indie artists and helping them out with like social media stuff, creating album covers, and then doing photography for them for, you know, whatever promotion they had if they had a new release coming out. And then I would do, you know, some music videos here and there. But I just loved it. I truly fell in love with supporting people and making their vision come to life creatively through visuals. The more that I did it, the more that I found that I loved it even more than promoting myself as an artist. Being this one-stop shop for people to come to with a vision and bringing it to life. It's just, it's so fulfilling for me. Basically what ended up happening was I got hired to play guitar for artists on tour and do the photography and videography for them to like promote the tour. One thing led to another and a friend of mine, her name's Liv Moraldi. She's an incredible songwriter and artist. She was going on a tour in France. And so I ended up being able to actually not only photograph the tour, but I actually got to play my own music and go on tour all over France. So I'd spent all of these years, you know, handcrafting this career that I loved. And I was making good money. I was doing great. The world felt like my oyster. Everything felt so beautiful and, and you know, aligned. And I moved back home to the Bay Area because I wanted to be closer with my family. My grandma got really sick and there was just kind of a deep desire in my heart to be close to home. So I came back and I didn't even know what I was going to do when I got back. But what ended up happening was I started working at this coffee shop in Sacramento. It was not very nice. It was in a pretty rundown area of town. And I was tired and overworked and I just got back from tour. So I was kind of just doing what I could to make ends meet after I released this album. And so I'm working at this coffee shop and I'm barely paying my bills and just sort of at that crossroad of like, what am I doing? What am I actually doing and what am I working towards? So I ended up signing up for an account with this company called Adquint or Vitamin T, and they were able to connect me with art.com. At that exact you know moment that things were starting to fall apart, this amazing gift just like landed in my lap where some folks at art.com had seen some of the work that I did from World Vision in India. And then I get this call that's like, hey, this company is really interested in you. We think you'd be a great fit. So I was like, 
well, first, like, what company is it? And they said it was art.com. And I, I didn't know much about art.com at the time, but I remember just feeling this amazing sense of relief because it didn't feel like I was compromising my love for art and creativity by transitioning into the corporate marketplace. So I ended up getting in touch with them and it was truly a dream job. If you haven't heard of art.com, it's the world's largest online specialty retailer of high quality wall art and complimentary decor. The thing that drew me in the most was that they'd never had a video or photo department. So right out the gate, there's kind of a lot of autonomy that was presented. They were like, hey, you know, we need ads. We need somebody to help with social. We just need somebody to build this. And we've already have the foundation of the customers, the credibility. And they were, and I think maybe still are, like one of the leading art distributors in the world, especially from like a normal person who wants to just find a piece of art and put it on their wall. They were one of the first to really make that accessible and get the licensing rights to, you know, things like a Van Gogh or whatever, um, and O'Keefe, and to be able to have that for just like any person. So what really drew me in was how much freedom there was in coming in, and then just the fact that it was still working with art. My favorite thing that I did there, and this is my sweet spot of what I love to do. Basically, we had this idea, the social team and the PR team and I, to do this project called Support Women in Art. And because it's an industry, like many others, that is male-dominated, we really wanted to highlight the women who were just brilliant at what they did and who you know, were performing really well for us. So what we did was these sort of small vignette videos where we highlighted the creative process of each of these artists. So this trip, I got to fly down to San Diego with my team and I got to film one of my favorite artists now. Her name's Jamie Derringer. She was the founder of Design Milk and Ear Milk, which are like, I think, really big in the design community. And she's a painter and I think a mixed media artist as well. So we like went to her house and sat down and interviewed her and talked about what it's like to be a woman in the industry and, you know, where she finds inspiration. And, and then I got to film her like in her studio garage, you know, painting this custom piece that we were going to sell on art.com. Anytime that I get an experience where I get to really connect with who I'm filming and what I'm filming about, especially if it's involving the creative process, I just love it so much. And it shows because it's the coolest work that I do. Abby collaborated with her data and analytics department a lot at art.com. The insights from the data team helped inform a lot of the creative she would work on. There was also a lot of working and, and collaborating with the digital analytics team. There were ways to sort of peek into what people were Googling and what people were typing in on our website. And so if you have this like big database of everything that everybody searches for on our website and you funnel it down to, okay, are there similarities? Like, are all of these people looking for blue geometric designs? So those keywords, those things that people were looking for, we kind of met the user where they were and then made creative for the general public that used this data. The digital team would, you know, they'd come 
running down the hallway. Abby, <laughs> we need you to make a video about something tropical and coastal. And then we also need one for rustic. And so I'd be like, what? Okay. And they're like, by the way, we need it done by Friday. And it's like Thursday. So I'd be like, okay, <laughs> let me figure something out. So I would look on the website for different images and pieces of artwork that reflected that. So we had a lot of great beach photos. We had photography. We had art. The good thing about art.com is that there's so many images to choose from that there it was never hard to pick a piece of art to promote. We had an amazing woman come on to the team who did segmenting, which was basically like building these personas of what our customers look like in different categories. There's like the liturgist who's very, you know, almost like pretentious, but like only likes fine things will spend this much. You know, we would build these personas, who the customers are, what their interests are, what products they'd be interested in. And sometimes we would create and tailor ads specifically for each segment. So there was the sporty guy, for example, the, you know, kind of snobby hipster, and we would create an ad that was targeted directly to them. And so, so we would do things like that. We would measure things like the ROAS, which is the return over ad spend. So if a, if an ad was doing really well, we would kind of keep it running. And ironically, then what was working really well was the DIY videos. Let's say that month, a Syrah painting was selling off the charts. And in the same month, people were loving DIY videos. So whatever data came out during the specific time that was like, hey, this is performing really well. We really want you to make something. It was then my job and the social media team and PR to kind of come together and brainstorm ideas to capitalize on all of these things. So we would use all of that information to determine what we would do. So we did like a DIY video to make your own wreath and then paint it so that it looked looked like this Syrah painting. Art.com helps people find the art that they love so that they can love their spaces more. There's also a ton of research that links art to improving people's health and wellness. There's a lot of research that shows that art can actually kind of relieve stress and that the creative process in general can foster healing and kind of your overall mental wellness. And I think that, you know, whether it, you are the person creating the art or if you are a person admiring the art, there's no difference. I think everybody in this world can appreciate some form of art, you know, whatever that may be. And I think we all benefit from it. So art.com is a great way to be able to deliver that to people. After art.com, Abby started working at Enchroma, which has an amazing mission of improving the lives of people with colorblindness. Enchroma is an eyewear company based in Berkeley, California, that created this patented lens technology to improve the lives of people with colorblindness. So it was invented by this PhD glass scientist mathematician, and it combines the latest in color perception neuroscience and lens innovation to allow people with color vision deficiencies, which is colorblindness, to basically experience the world in this vibrant way that they've never been able to experience before. Colorblindness is caused by an overlap in the red and green cone cells in our eyes. So what our lenses do is they compensate for that overlap to help the colorblind distinguish better color, contrast, and clarity. I never really understood the gravity of colorblindness until I started working here. Like about 
one in 12 men and one in 200 women for a total of about 350 million people worldwide, or 4% of the population, has some form of colorblindness. And since so much of what I do is storytelling, I really wanted to not only support this company, but give a platform and a voice to all of the people around the world who were experiencing you know, the world in an entirely different way than people with normal color vision. Honestly, the videos really sold me. If you've ever been scrolling through social media and you see like a grown man weeping over seeing a sunset for the first time, it's so moving. I remember thinking like, wow, what a cool company. Sign me up. It's a small company, so I wear a lot of hats and it changes pretty much every day. I do everything from photography, videography, graphic design, and I also help run and design the email marketing program which is basically graphic design with a little more coding involved. I also help design our Amazon branded content, design our ads for different platforms. So some days I'm photographing products in my studio. Other days I'm out of the office filming different videos, whether I'm like in Oakland or San Francisco, you know, checking out different scenery to photograph the glasses in or doing photo shoots. And then sometimes I'm just like sitting at my computer all day, editing and uploading and helping the marketing team with all the digital assets. At Enchroma, Abby highlights the science behind their lenses and the emotional benefits of wearing their glasses. My instinct is to say science-based creative marketing strategies, because that seems to be the biggest thing. Like we're such a niche product and there are a lot of cheaper products out there that claim to have similar technology, but don't have nearly the same amount of science and clinical trials to match ours. But creatively speaking, it's not just selling glasses, but trying to convey all of the benefits and science into a photo or design or video, which is, I mean, it's the biggest challenge, but it's also the biggest reward because it's constantly challenging me to design and present ideas in new ways. We really rely on the amount of science that we have backing our products to be able to sell our products and to be able to convince the customers and the world that this is something worth investing in. But also we use a lot of emotional marketing, I think, because the user-generated content that we receive from people is so emotionally driven. So naturally, that's a huge part of what we do. For starters, the videos that are emotional are usually people sobbing. You know, it's these really intimate moments. A couple years ago, we got this video of this guy. He was a younger kid and it was Christmas morning and his parents got him a pair of Enchroma glasses. And so he tried them on and I don't think he was around too many colorful things. He was just kind of like standing in the doorway of like this suburban neighborhood. So he's just like kind of sitting there with these glasses. The first thing that he saw was the color of his mom's eyes and he lost it. And they both did. He was just staring at her going, oh my God, there's blue in your eyes. There's all of these different pigments of color. And that was the thing that moved him the most. It's so often the simple things that we take for granted that people are moved by the most when they try them on for the first time. You don't see that every day, but we get to. These emotional moments of people seeing color for the very first time is what makes Abby's work at Enchroma so fulfilling. Definitely witnessing people seeing color for the first time, hands down. We had a photo shoot in 
2019 for our all of our holiday marketing. And uh, one of the gals who was friends with our social media strategist decided to come and, and model for us. We had this big group. This was you know pre-COVID, so groups were allowed. She was playing the role as like a gift giver. But at the end of the shoot, she tried on a pair of glasses and there were just tears streaming down her face and she was silent. And we were like, what's going on? She was like, I had no idea that I was colorblind. And she was experiencing color for the first time at that shoot. Knowing that this is happening all over the world with every product that we sell, it's unparalleled to any job that I've ever had. To help people understand what it's like to be colorblind, Abby often uses a Google Chrome extension that simulates colorblindness. Okay, one thing that we use a lot now, there's this tool that you can install to your internet browser. It's like a Google Chrome add-on. And basically, you install it, and then you can toggle back and forth between color vision view and non-color vision view. So you can simulate it so that you're actually seeing the world the way that somebody with colorblindness sees the world. So a lot of things that we do, we'll simulate photos and ads to showcase people how colorblind people see the world. And it's lost on people who have colorblindness because they obviously can't see the difference, which sucks. But it is a way for people you know, who don't have this condition to be convinced that these can potentially change someone's life and perception. This is such a gift-giving product. People love to be the one to surprise their loved one with the gift of color. That's like this whole thing. The live reveal is what we call it, where people you know, will come and have all these balloons and colorful things around and say, surprise. And so that's where kind of all the videos come from. But so we market to that audience. But then if you, you know, have people who don't have somebody who's buying for them. It's also something that people can invest in themselves. And we target, I think, equally to both of those audiences. And while our mission is to make the world more accessible for people with this condition, our lenses are actually amazing to wear, even for people with normal color vision. Like I wear our glasses all of the time because they make colors feel so augmented. It's amazing. I love it. And Chroma definitely makes their customers happy and they're on a mission to make their glasses more accessible so even more people can experience color. Seeing the world turn from dull, washed out, and muted to vibrant and colorful definitely makes Inchroma's customers happy, and us too. So I think what we sell just by nature has a huge impact on people's happiness and their ability to really take in the world around them. We also launched this Enchroma Color Accessibility Program, which helps public venues such as schools, museums, libraries, and parks afford our glasses and make them available to colorblind students or visitors to borrow so they can overcome obstacles in their learning and or access more of life's colorful experiences like seeing works of their favorite artists in color. That's been very impactful for colorblind people and us at Enchroma too. It's the wild card segment. I'll ask Abby 10 rapid fire questions and she'll answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, but I'm curious about if you'll want to give a PG response or not to this one. Okay. What is your favorite beverage? My favorite beverage. Great question. I'm so glad you asked. I'm drinking one now. It is a cannabis-infused social tonic. 
It's a company called Can, and it's basically microdosing THC. So in every can, there's four milligrams of CBD and two milligrams of THC. So I don't drink any alcohol whatsoever. So this is like my way to kick it <laughs> with all the cool kids. <laughs> I love it. When was a moment you've had imposter syndrome? Oh, gosh. Throughout my whole career and life and everything. I think being a creative is you really have to come up against that fight so often and convince yourself you're worth, you're worthy of sharing your story and sharing your work. So yeah, all the time. What advice would you give your younger self? Trust your intuition. Short and sweet. What was the last book you read and loved? The last book I read was The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. And I actually got to meet her. Really? She put up like a casting call for like filmmakers in the area a couple weeks ago because she was filming a farewell poem. And I just applied and I got to like film this beautiful piece. It's not out yet, but it will be soon. It was amazing. It was so cool because that book like changed my life. She was on Brene Brown's podcast as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, she's a big deal. She's amazing. What is at the top of your bucket list? Mm. I would love to make a short film one day to like write one, direct one, film it. I mean, I probably have to get more people involved, but I would absolutely love to do that one day. I love that. All right. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I used to think I was an introvert, but or an extrovert, but I'm definitely an introvert. <laughs> I get my energy from being alone and recharging, reading a book, playing music, just like I'm so content being alone. When was a moment you felt like you failed? I think that a moment that I often experience and have to mend my way through is this feeling that my life was supposed to look a certain way that I was supposed to, you know, be selling all these records, going on tour for my own music, having my own brand agency and, you know, whatever it may be for like what you thought you would achieve by this time in your life. I think that like the instinct is to feel like you're failing because you're not there yet. But it's also the greatest lesson because I feel like every day I have to reteach myself that the most important part is just being present in what's happening right in front of you. That was a very deep, rapid-fire question. <laughs> That's amazing. What makes you laugh the most? Schmidt from New Girl. I love Schmidt. He is funny. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite thing to do for your health? Oh my gosh, I love to meditate. I'm a big Ooh. meditator. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. When you're at a party, where can someone find you? Wherever there's an animal, I will be petting the dog or like, I don't know, hanging out. I'm not even a big cat person, but if I'm at a party, I like, I'm not going to be in the center of the room absorbing all the energy. I'm going to be like <laughs> having a very sweet moment off to the side. <laughs> All right, that is all I have for this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to the amazing Abby Frenis from Enchroma. 
Remember to subscribe to the podcast for more episodes like this one. Have a great week and remember to be wild and well.